Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober Podcast. I am your host, Blazik, a.k.a. Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry-go-round. But things ain't merry when you're going through the motions, fulfillment, lies, and emotions. So why go through life unavailable? You're unfailable. Hey guys, welcome back to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I'm Julia. This week I am going to be flying solo. Me and Blazik, we had some scheduling issues to try to make this week's episode happen. I could only record today. He could only record yesterday, but no biggie. Um... Honestly, when we first decided that we were going to make this podcast, we were completely aware that there was going to be some weeks that it was going to be both of us, some weeks it would be either or, and then other weeks we want to have guests. And I know we haven't had a guest yet, but I promise you we are working on it. Um, also, if there are any specific creators, whether they be sobriety related, mental health related, it doesn't really matter. Um, but if you do know of any creators that you would like for us to have on the podcast, definitely let us know, um, whether that be on Instagram, TikTok, or in the reviews of the, of the podcast app, any of those work, um, because we definitely want to hear your feedback on that. But I did just want to start off this episode by saying thank you for the super positive response that we got from last week's episode. Um, if you didn't catch last week's episode, I'll just give like a short synopsis. Um, we primarily wanted to speak on the conversation of mental health, but then also how that relates to substance use, substance abuse, addiction. Um, and then we also touched on the conversation of social media and online hate and how rampant that is these days. Um, so I'm just really glad that, you know, folks took the time to listen. I'm always so astounded that anyone even wants to hear what I have to say. <laughs> Um, but thank you for that. And we even got some shout outs from other content creators, um, whose main platform is surrounding around mental health. So that was just really cool, um, to see people listen and resonate with it and then want to share it with other people. That's just such a huge compliment. And so I did just want to say thank you, um, as for what we specifically spoke about, I really wanted to touch on things that were currently happening at the time. So um, Selena Gomez had just dropped her documentary, My Mind and Me. Also, within a few days of that happening, the news broke that Aaron Carter had passed away and that was and is very hard on me. For some reason, not saying I was a huge Aaron Carter fan these days. I mean, I guess I was when I was a little girl. But for some reason, I really felt for him. And it was just such a heartbreaking situation to witness because looking back now, you can see how much he was struggling and for how long 
he was struggling for. And I'm just so, it's just so unfortunate to see his life end the way that it did. And, um, I'm hoping that as time goes on, this topic of conversation, mental illness, mental health, people turning to substance when they feel alone, you know, we need to start talking about these things. And that's when the Selena Gomez documentary comes in because she really put everything out on the table and I just loved this documentary so much. She touched on so many different things that I feel like I've lived through as well to a certain extent. Obviously, everyone's journey is a little bit different, but she had started filming this documentary back in 2016, and you can really see how long of a journey and for how long she was struggling and just how much work needs to be put into taking care of yourself and growth does not happen without you putting a lot of yourself into it and it can be exhausting and when you like most of us have to you know work a full-time job and you have other responsibilities it can all just be extremely overwhelming. But thankfully, she made this extremely realistic film. That's why I like it so much is because it was so, so real and raw and candid and authentic. And I know maybe some people would disagree, but I, I sort of like there, that there wasn't this like cookie cutter, like tie a ribbon and a bow ending it did have somewhat of a positive ending because she you know she talks about the the work that she's doing for the conversation of mental health and offering you know affordable or free counseling but it wasn't necessarily this fairy tale ending it was just that you know this is selena's story and this is where she's at now and we have a lot of work to do together. Um, all of us that want mental health to be a conversation that is more normalized and doesn't have any type of stigma to it. And we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. But with that being said, I talked about last week with Blazik that it it is a little bizarre to me that, you know, our generation, me and Blazik are both millennials, and then the generation younger than us, Gen Z, we, you know, we're making this conversation more normal, but at the same time, we are trailblazers for this thing that's called cancel culture. So as I'm getting older, it's it's confusing me more because we're just all very human. <laughs> we are all painfully human. We all have so many flaws and we have made so many mistakes and are going to continue to make so many mistakes because we're not 
our phones. We're not our computers. We're not robots. We're people. And it kind of breaks my heart that I I brought up the specific situation of a conversation I was having with someone and I was just sharing the fact that Aaron Carter's passing is really sad. Like this is a really sad situation. And, you know, the person responded by saying, yeah, this is sad, but like he was, he was sort of problematic. And I don't know why that comment just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, you know, I could have been having a really long day or, you know, maybe I was not well rested or, you know, whatever, but that comment just, it bummed me out. It really, really bummed me out. And I'm hoping that, you know, sooner rather than later, we're going to realize that if we want to see the bad in people, you know, if we're constantly searching for it desperately, we're going to find it every time, no matter how good of a person, you know, they may seem in the moment. If you tried to find flaws and mistakes that they've made and things they've said in the past that, you know, they're probably not proud of, you're going to find that somewhere. (laughs) And it just makes me a little angry to be completely honest, because it's like, we all know that hurt people hurt people. Do you know what I'm saying? Typically when people are being the most, you know, destructive and harmful version of themselves, it's probably because they have some issues on the inside that they have not dealt with yet. And Don't get me wrong. I mean, I am all for people taking responsibility. Okay. I am all for that. That's why I don't drink. (laughs) That's why I'm sober because I had a very, very hard time growing up and I carried a lot of emotional baggage into my adulthood. And I understand that it's my responsibility to treat the people that I love with respect and with dignity and no amount of drinks is an excuse to not treat people well. So yes, I think that it's people's individual responsibility to own up to the things that they have done and not want to repeat any type of cycle of reckless behavior. It's just also with my growth, I've seen that, you know, we're all just our inner child walking around in adult bodies. (laughs) Like the next, the person next to us doesn't have life figured out any more than, than we do. And so I wish that when it came to people making problematic, I'm using air quotes, problematic actions, I wonder if there will one day be a time where we see that more as a call for help versus like, 
I don't know, a social death sentence or something like that. <laughs> Cause that's honestly what it feels like. Um, I don't know, just something to think about. And if you guys have any opinions on this, definitely let me know or Blazik know or put it in a review on the podcast page. Cause I'm curious, um, you know, is cancel culture a good thing? Is it a way to keep people accountable or is it hypocritical? Especially when we, you know, pride ourselves, our generation and the generations younger than us, um, pride ourselves on being mental health advocates. I don't know. Okay, so the next topic that I wanted to chat about was this past week on Wednesday, I had my the monthly meeting that I host for my friend Steph. My friend Steph, she runs Steady Sundays. That's a online community for the young, sober, slash sober curious crowd. Um, she hosts meetings two times a week and then... There's also another host. Her name is Nadia. She does the meetings on Thursdays. Um, and then I host a meeting which is topic-driven the second Wednesday of every month. So for the month of November, um, we spoke about just the holiday season in general, how that can be a triggering time for us sober folks, and then also dealing with criticism from friends and family when it comes to the holiday season because... <laughs> You know, we're typically seeing people that we don't usually see on a day-to-day -day basis around the holiday season. So I definitely wanted to just offer a space for people to come and talk about things that they're worried about um, with the upcoming months or if they wanted to chat about things that have happened in the past that made them uncomfortable. Because um, kind of going back to my first point, talking about things like that's where things, you know, they seem less scary and they seem less daunting is when we actually sort of rip the bandaid off and just see situations for what they are. And so we talked about a bunch of different things actually in this meeting, but there were some main takeaways that I wanted to go over. Okay. So the number one takeaway that I got out of this meeting, um, one of the group members brought this up and I thought it was super important that basically if you go into these situations with friends and family and you're, you know, you're going to have to talk about the sobriety thing, you don't always have to be you know, the sober advocate of the year every time you go into these interactions. If you want to share only a little bit about your sobriety journey and you want to go into this interaction just saying, you know, I'm, I'm a non-drinker now, I don't like to drink, um, you're allowed to do that. That doesn't speak on you not being prideful when it comes to your sobriety, that just may have to do with the fact that you're not in the mental space 
to have such an in-depth conversation and that's totally okay. Just like it's okay for you to give a more, you know, full length in-depth answer um, in other situations. So if you want to go into these family parties or, you know, seeing friends or family that you haven't seen in a really long time and you want to speak about this stuff and you're in a good mental health space, more power to you by all means. Go ahead and do that. It's just don't put that pressure on yourself if you know you're not in the headspace to have such a heavy conversation. Another way of doing this, and this was another takeaway, which I thought was super cool. One of the other members brought this up and I just jotted it down. Um, If you, let's say you do choose the path of sobriety for mental health reasons. That's the main reason why you stopped drinking or why you're taking a break from drinking. If you don't want to blame it on the mental health side of things, it is totally okay to blame it on the physical health part of things because what I, when I started to think about this point more, I thought about, you know, alcohol affects people differently. And if you have like what I had, which was debilitating anxiety, that by, that might not be the reaction that another person has from the same night of drinking. Do you know what I mean? So, although everyone has experienced a hangover, so to a certain extent, right? Like the nausea, the stomach ache, the headache, we all have, you know, roughly had the same experience when it comes to that. And so I've found actually that if you do shift the the blame from a mental health standpoint to a physical standpoint and just say, yeah, I don't drink anymore. And then the person, you know, responds by saying, why? Oh, I just got tired of the headaches. Oh my gosh. I was just so annoyed with the headaches. I couldn't take it anymore. Oh, it was triggering migraines. Oh, it was triggering stomach issues. You know, I hated that nauseous feeling. I could not shake that nauseous feeling the next day. That person is going to totally understand where you're coming from because they have experienced a physical hangover just like you have. And I feel like this would probably, you know, end the conversation earlier than if you, and if you want to go into the mental health conversation, you know, you are, that's totally valid too. If you, if you want to do that, but if you're just not feeling in the mood to have you know, such an in-depth conversation with a family member that you honestly don't even know that well, blame it on the physical because they're totally going to understand, you know, where you're coming from. And I know that, especially around the time that I actually decided to stop drinking, I was experiencing hangover symptoms even after nights of drinking only one or two drinks. So, I would probably, you know, if I get even pushed back after that of like, oh, just, you know, drink in moderation. For me, it did not matter. I was still having both, you know, the negative side effects mentally and physically after a night of moderate drinking. So 
Ooh, this next point. So if you are in a situation and you feel as though you're feeling triggered and your sobriety may be compromised, I believe in this next tip and a lot of people that were also in the meeting agreed with this tip. Give yourself permission to leave the situation if you have to. Another option could be just taking some time to yourself. Leave the party, go on a walk, go into the basement, you know, recollect for a second. Because honestly, I feel like the very like commercial version of the holidays is that it's this really magical time and it's very positive and joyful and the energy is great. And, you know, it's just this really happy, fun, loving time. Um, but that's not the case for everybody. You know, the holidays can actually end up shining a light on the issues that are within your personal life and your family life and the things that are not perfect and that are uncomfortable and awkward and, um, not talked about for the majority of the year, but then it's kind of like right in front of your face when it's holiday season. So I hope that folks know that, you know, if you experience those types of feelings during the holiday season, you are not alone. I promise you are not alone. And we are actually going to have another topic driven meeting, um, before the end of December, it'll be towards the beginning of December. Um, so if you're experiencing those, those negative feelings and those negative thoughts and you're feeling alone, that would be a really, really good time to seek out community and seek out connection. Um, because I honestly feel like a lot of times people turn to substance to make them feel better when they feel alone and when they feel like they're experiencing something that, you know, nobody else is experiencing, but the pot, you know, I know I spent the first half of the episode talking about how negative social media can be, but the positives to social media is we get to connect with each other, no matter how far away we are physically. So if you go to my Instagram or my TikTok and you go to my link tree and you scroll all the way down, you can sign up for the steady Sunday meetings. Um, and if you have any questions regarding that, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. My DMs are open there. Um, so yeah, I would just highly recommend giving yourself permission to leave situations that do not serve you and you being committed to your sobriety is you setting a boundary to protect yourself. And you are allowed to do that, even if that means disappointing some family members and leaving. Ooh, okay. This next one is also really good. Um, I kind of had this revelation during the meeting. Um, <laughs> a lot of the time we you know, we see ourselves as the main character of our stories and that's completely normal and expected because we're human beings. Um, but you're not the main character in everybody else's story. 
So although you might be feeling very, very anxious about, you know, this party that you have to go to and you're nervous about the conversations you're going to have to have when it comes to alcohol and abstaining from it, that is going to be such a short part of everybody else's night. You know what I'm saying? Um, so even if it is an awkward interaction, that's okay. You know, you didn't ruin anybody's night. It's, it's not as, it's only as big as you make it. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes reminding myself that I'm only the main character in my story and I'm not in anybody else's, that weirdly gives me comfort (laughs) to know that this conversation, it, it doesn't have to be something that I need to dwell on or overthink the rest of the night because that person is likely not thinking about it either. I don't know if that will help everyone, but it definitely helped me. And then I do have some tips and tricks that I've definitely already gone over on my TikTok before, but I did just want to reshare here um, in case those videos were missed. But some things that you can do even before the party starts, you know, this can be like, you know, preventative action that you can take to make sure that you're in a good headspace prior to the event would be, I know that I like to have my why, which my why is like the reason why I stopped drinking in the first place. I like having that written down on a piece of paper and I took a photo of it and I have it in my phone. So it's something that I can always reference if I am feeling triggered. And if I am in a situation where I'm feeling pressured, I can look at that and it, it gives me a more clear image of what the actual situation is. And I can take a step back and I can see that, you know, it's not worth what I would lose if I end up giving in to, to the pressure or, you know, feeling so socially anxious that I feel like I have no other choice. That why really puts me in a good spot where it's like, no, my mental health comes first. I need to put myself first because no one else is going to do that besides me. Another thing that you could do beforehand is this journal exercise, which I actually did for the first time on my one-year anniversary of of sobriety. Um, I wrote down two lists. This is like the easiest journal entry ever because you're not even writing full sentences. (laughs) You make two lists. On one side, you write down what I lost, and then on the other side, you write down what I've gained. Under the what I've lost list, I wrote down drinking slash alcohol. And on the gained side, I put confidence, joy, peace of mind, money, Sunday mornings, true connection, clarity, optimism. I mean, the list I could, I could keep going on. If you do that journaling exercise right before a situation where you may be triggered, I feel like this can be a very, very grounding and it can just make the situation seem smaller than it it actually is. So I hope that one helps. 
Oh, this is another huge one. If you do have family members that you feel like are going to be, you know, more understanding than others when it comes to the news of your sobriety, I would highly recommend either giving them a phone call or texting them prior to the event just so that you don't have you don't have that added pressure of the shock, you know, when you share the news that you're no longer drinking. Um, I know that this is a tactic that a lot of folks use like before a first date as well is sharing the news and giving the person time to retain it and accept it (laughs) um, instead of doing having that conversation, you know, in front of a bunch of other people. Kind of going hand in hand with with that tip, um, asking someone to not drink with you. Honestly, sometimes having, especially in the beginning of my sobriety, having one other person not drinking at the event with me, there could be 50 people in the room, but having one person experiencing the event sober with you was such a game changer and it helped so much. So I understand that this situation is sort of like a privilege and not everyone is going to have that. But if you do, I would recommend taking advantage of it. You know, you don't, you don't have to do everything on your own. And I'm such a, I do this to a fault. I mean, I always am thinking that I have to do everything on my own and I need to just be strong and figure it out. But if you do have people in your life that you feel as though would be supportive to the point of, you know, them drinking at this one party, isn't that big of a deal. Take advantage of that. Ooh, then we have our classic, bring your own beverages. Huge. I have a couple um, mocktail recipes that are on my Instagram. Um, But then also, I know I have plenty of TikToks too. I used to do this um, series that I called Thirsty Thursday Non-Alcoholic Editions. Maybe I need to bring those back because I know of so many other non-alcoholic options now than I did you know, back when I was doing that series, I was probably only three or four months sober when I was (laughs) doing those. So let me know in the reviews, um, on the podcast app, let me know in the reviews, if you want me to bring back the thirsty Thursday, non-alcoholic edition TikToks, because that was actually super fun. Okay. And then the last thing, which we already sort of touched on, but making sure you have an escape plan. The very good thing about staying sober is that, you know, you can drive yourself anywhere. You don't have to rely on the transportation of like Uber or something like that to get you home. Um, if you have been drinking, having my car there, like just knowing that I have my car with me is such a comfort thing for me now, because I know that I can leave at any moment. Um, if any type of situation happens where I'm feeling triggered, I just know that I have that as a plan B. So I wish everybody luck (laughs) in this holiday season. Um, If you do want to join for my monthly meeting, let's see what date that's going to be. It's the second Wednesday of every month, meaning on December... For December, it will fall on the 14th. 
So make sure to check out my Instagram um, bio for that link or my TikTok bio for that link. And if you have any questions, definitely please let me know. Um, Blazik will be back next week. And if you guys have any topics that you want us to touch on, definitely let us know. Thank you so much again for listening um, and listening to me ramble by myself for 30 minutes. Um, I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.